Greetings again in the precious name of Jesus this morning. I enjoyed all the things that were shared here today already. Uh, Many, many uh, little nuggets of truth for our hearts. Encourage, encourage our. hearts and the things of God. Thank you. Thank you for all who contributed to that and make this service a blessing that way. All right. This morning, um, well, maybe before I uh, introduce where I'm going, maybe we could just uh, have a word of prayer. Can we bow our heads and pray together? Father, Thank you, thank you for this assembly, thank you for your mercy and grace toward us, thank you for your care, thank you for being with us in the journey of life, and today this service is intended to be a stepping stone, intended to be, Father, a a means of encouraging, blessing, and even challenging and convicting if if that is the uh, current need in our lives father we pray that uh, you who know all things and know all of us would by your spirit bring forth the word to each of our hearts and that uh, truly we could benefit from it lord that our spiritual lives and spiritual realities could benefit. And Lord, again, bless this hour, bless this time together. Thank you for all the things that we have heard already. And uh, may we continue to receive from you, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So the last message that I shared two weeks ago, I uh, on Monday or Tuesday, following the message, I got to pondering and uh, realized that uh, the groundwork was very well laid to continue with another message. Um, and so I intend to do that today. Uh, we'll reflect just a little bit on... Uh, on uh, the uh, message the last time, and uh, I'm just uh, just now got my title, so I'm jotting that down. Realized I didn't have a title. Um, so the last message. Let's turn to uh, John chapter ten. <clears throat> And the key verse was John 10, verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And uh, I am supposing that most of you were here for that last message. Uh, So uh, we won't uh, spend a lot of time on reflection, but just a little bit here. We talked about uh, the thief, and we talked about his objectives, and we also uh, brought into focus uh, the, the words of our Lord here when he says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. We had those two kind of... Uh, uh, two opposing perspectives, perhaps, and uh, the thief coming to kill, coming to bring death. Uh, we define death as a separation, which uh, when a person dies, their body and their spirit are separated. When Adam and Eve died in the garden, there, there was a separation between them and God. Uh, the fellowship that they had enjoyed, the connection, the interaction that they had enjoyed with their 
father with their creator was severed and they ran and hid and tried to cover themselves and all the things that uh, resulted out of that separation. And today we still see that separation very much at at work in the general populace of humanity. <clears throat> and then we have Jesus who says that he has come to give life and that he has come to give it in a, uh, more abundantly. <clears throat> we define life as a connection again, being again connected to the Lord, having that connection restored, uh, uh, coming back into the reality of... Uh, of uh, connection there. I am, Jesus says in John 15, verse 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit. That verse uh, encapsulates the connection. You know, uh, he that abideth in me and I in him. Abiding in me and I in him. You know, it's it's just a, a back and forth connection uh, reality that is uh, available to us. And in that connection is life, is our, is our life. <clears throat> so then, um, the thought that came to me, you know, it is, it is actually that simple. It is actually that simple, the way I gave it in the last message. Uh, life is, in fact, being connected again to our Lord. And, uh, and uh, that is a blessing. However, as human beings, sometimes the simple is not enough. Sometimes we need more definition to something that is actually quite simple. And the scripture actually does give definition. And it gives definition regarding the connection that we spoke of. Uh, the connection that we have uh, with our Lord. <clears throat> and that's what we want to look at today in some detail. You know, how do we know that we are connected to the vine? How do we know that that connection is restored in our experience? Uh, is it something that we go by a feeling, a good feeling? We feel good toward the Lord and we feel like we're blessed of the Lord and therefore that connection must be there. Um, can we have a false uh, security in that connection where we have a feeling like we are connected but reality is we're not? Can that be can that, is that a possible scenario? Um, I'd like to define that a bit today. Uh, just uh, a scripture in Matthew 7, as we think about uh, the need to define what that connection is and looks like. <clears throat> In Matthew 7:21, Jesus says these words, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now, I'm not sure if there's any verses in the scripture that are more sobering than those. Almost almost a little bit shocking. They just kind of sit you back in your seat and like, ooh, who then can be saved? You know, we might say like uh, some of the disciples said to Jesus. And, uh, and they are. Uh, there is uh, one of the things that we learn from those verses is that there is, in fact, a place of a false security. That people can have. Um, but I trust that when we are done with today's message, we will realize that God didn't make himself hard to find in this matter. God didn't make the game hard to play. I, I use that as an analogy kind of. He didn't, uh, he didn't make it so difficult so that most can't find it. 
it's actually clear in the scripture. Uh, it's a matter of whether we really do want it and whether we will pursue it and, and find it. Uh, so that is our objective today is to define that connection a bit. <clears throat> and that can, uh, that can, uh, uh, it can work two ways as we define it for, for, for you who have the connection and have the, and recognize it as we define it, you recognize, yes, this is a reality in my life. That's a comfort. It's a blessing. It's encouragement. If it's, uh, if we find ourselves in a spot where we realize, you know what, I don't have, uh, my, the connection as it's defined in scripture is not a reality in my life. Well, that's okay too, because once you understand it's not a reality, now you can do something about it. Uh, so it can work both ways. <clears throat> So where might we go to define that connection? First John. John. That's right. Beautiful book. First John. All right. First John, and we'll spend the rest of our time in First John for the most part, and we may refer to a few other scriptures. Um. First John chapter one. I believe I'll just read the first four verses to begin here. Uh, these are John's words, the Apostle John, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have handled or excuse me, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father And with his son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. So we'd like to take just a moment and look there in verse 3. He says, uh, uh, these things we have seen, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his son. That word fellowship is another word for connection. That word fellowship is, is, it's talking about the same thing that we were talking about when we talk about connection. Having the, uh, uh, the relationship with the, with the Lord restored again. Having that separation that was there taken away and, uh, and we're back in, in connection with our Lord. Uh, here he uses the word fellowship and, uh, basically this, uh, very same concept. Uh, we, he, they, he's sharing with us the things that uh, they've seen and heard in their experience with the Lord, the things that He's taught them, the things that, uh, uh, so that we could enter into that same experience, that same uh, reality of fellowship with other believers and with uh, our Lord, as it says here. <clears throat> so there are. Uh, and then uh, the book of First John here, the Apostle John, he uh, he the book the book of First John really is defining. Then uh, there's more points here than I will actually get uh, out of it this morning. But uh, John brings definition to that fellowship, that connection. He brings definition to it because, as it is, as it was is in our time, it was in their time. Uh, there were many professions of connection, of, of reality with God, of being a child of God, but there was a problem with the reality of, uh, of life. And uh, John defines that here in this book. <clears throat> so, we will begin, our first point is going to be, as we define the connection, we're going to ask the question, what am I walking in, light or darkness? And that uh, is found right here in chapter 1, uh, verse 5 to verse uh, 7. 
This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. And again, if we say that we have been born again, if we say that we have the connection with our Lord has been restored, if we say that we have fellowship with our Lord, if we profess to be a, 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 a Christian, being right, standing with God, but we are walking in darkness, he says, we lie. And it's just so simple. We lie. We have deceived our own hearts. And uh, the purpose for it is not to condemn someone, but to bring someone to an understanding so that in the end of the journey, they don't have to hear the words, I never knew you. I never knew you. You never had that reality with me. You never had that connection. And that's the objective of the book here and the things that he's going to share with us. So if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Now, when we think about walking in darkness... Um, I guess the, uh, or darkness versus light, the first thing that came to my mind was, again, there in Galatians chapter 5, where you have the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. And we can ask ourselves, okay, uh, you know, now, how do, how can I be certain that I'm walking in light and not in darkness? And, uh, I think the, uh, the the word walking would give us the idea of of uh, pursuit or that which is uh, driving us. You know, is it the things of darkness or is it the things of light? Is it the the works of the flesh or is it the fruit of the spirit? Which is it that is most is is the predominant driver in my experience and in my reality? Is it the works of the flesh? Or is it the uh, the fruit of the Spirit? <clears throat> we, could, uh, we could ask, what are the most common tendencies in my experience? For example, purity or uncleanness, you know. Uh, the works of the flesh, it talks about all kinds of uncleanness there versus purity. I think of the, the scripture in uh, if. In Thessalonians, I believe it is, uh, this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye abstain from fornication, that ye are free from uh, 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 uncleanness in that way, but uh, walking in purity. What is it that is our common tendencies in my experience? Is it that of love or is it that of hatred? Is it that of kindness or is it that of... uh, of, uh, uh, anger or uh, frustrations? Is it strifes or is it is it uh, peacefulness? Is it uh, flesh or is it spirit? You know, we can ask ourselves those questions. What is it that what is it that's most common in my experience? Galatians five twenty four says, "And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts." So if we are Christ's, we are. We have crucified, and may I say, we continue to crucify the flesh and its affections and lusts, its desires. It's, uh, uh, and that's the reality in, in uh, walking in the light. Um, if we're walking in the light, we will be dealing with our flesh as it wants to show itself in our experience and in our responses and in our uh, day-to-day uh, living. <clears throat> And so that's the one, that's the first uh, uh, defining factor that defines and gives definition to the true connection, the true fellowship, is that a person who is in, has a true connection with the Lord, who is in true fellowship with God, is going to pursue the things of light. 
And those things of light are going to be that which is most evident in their lives. Doesn't mean a person never does everything just right. Doesn't mean a person doesn't uh, at times uh, uh, for a moment or a brief time uh, engage in something that is not of the light. Doesn't necessarily mean that. But it means that that person is, 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 is general momentum of life is light. And pursuing light. And walking in light. And we'll, we'll discover just real shortly uh, how to deal with the fact if we discovered uh, all of a sudden that I was I got off track here. I, uh, I wasn't pursuing light here in this given situation. But the general uh, uh, test of a true fellowship is that a person is walking in light <clears throat> and not in darkness, not in the works of the flesh. Um, we cannot indulge in, uh, you know, that list of uh, sins there in uh, in Galatians 5. We cannot indulge unrestrainedly in those things and claim to be a child of God. We, it, it, it's a contradiction to the, uh, to the reality of a living Christ within. Um, and so that's what he is saying here. Uh, we'll walk in the light. All right, our second point. <clears throat> the uh, how am I res- uh, the second point that I have is how am I responding to sin in my life? Uh, we'll just continue on here. In verse eight, he says, "If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the and the truth is not in us." If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. All right. Uh, so this uh, this scripture uh, again uh, the the rea- uh, how am I responding to sin in my life? Uh, so there's several different aspects here. One of them is that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Uh, I think we can uh, I think we can easily understand that. Um, you know, reality is that uh, uh, there's not a one of us that can say we don't sin. Uh, there's not a one of us that can, you know, can we at the end of a day look back on our thoughts and, rec- and recognize that and say that every thought that I thought, it was always uh, charitable and loving to my fellow men and, and uh, you know, Love toward God, and you know, just think about it. It's it's a reality that uh, we have to accept that as human beings, we are not sinless. We uh, we we live in a in a real life in a real world. However, that is not at all an excuse to sin. Not at all. Uh, it's just recognizing. Uh, it's just simply recognizing God and us and recognizing the reality that as human beings, uh, we're not, we're not sinless. We're not, uh, we're not perfect in that sense. However, uh, He does give us a solution. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> He says if in verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I always like uh, verse uh, chapter 2 there. Uh, he says in verse 1, these, my little children, these things I write unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. 
You know, the idea is this, that uh, first of all, we recognize our vulnerability. Uh, we're not... We're not in a, a, a sin is a reality in in the lives of in our experiences that we have to reckon with. However, sin is not the norm, as he says here in verse two. I write unto you that ye sin not. Sin is not the norm. Sin sin is rather the exception. It's that uh, the norm is to walk with God. The norm is to to uh, walk in holiness. The norm is to to uh, uh, live by the Spirit. But we recognize our vulnerableness and those times when we fail in that and we have an advocate with the Father uh, that if we sin, there is a solution. If we confess that sin, if we uh, agree with God regarding that sin, if we uh, um, surrender... Uh, no, not uh, looking for the word there. If we um, bring it to God... And uh, confess it and, and own it, then we can find forgiveness and cleansing from sin. <clears throat> so we have an advocate. We have one who uh, stands between us and God. One who uh, represents us. One who uh, is uh, our uh, yeah representation to God. He's our propitiation, as it says there in verse two. Uh, uh, a verse in Corinthians, Second Corinthians, come uh, it says this: For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So the question is, how am I responding to sin? And there's a bit more here in John. And if we go over to John chapter three, verse eight and nine. <clears throat> He says this, and he that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. For whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. And... uh, And again, he's... uh, he's, uh, Notice how he... uh, He's giving definition to our connection, our fellowship with God. He says, uh, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. And I think it's, uh, uh, we, do, we, we do want to understand these words uh, that are given here. Uh, when I think of his seed remaineth in him, I think of uh, the Holy Spirit is in us. And... Uh, when he says he doth not commit sin, I think of it this way. The person does not live in undealt with sin, in, in habitual practice of sin. A person who has a true connection with God is in true fellowship with the Lord Jesus and has a Holy Spirit inside of him. That person, uh, I believe according to this scripture, that person cannot just go on sinning and sinning and sinning. The Spirit of God will not allow it. It will keep bringing conviction and, and, and keep working in the heart that this is not the way to walk. This is not light. And if we can do that, if we can live in habitual, continual sin, then there's a problem with our connection. And uh, if that is our reality, then uh, uh, the reality is the connection is with God isn't what it should be. Uh, whether we once had it and don't anymore, or whether we've never had it, Scripture makes it very clear that if there is there is no problem in our hearts with sinning all the time, then there is a problem, and we need to face the problem. And so, uh, and again, I want to put it where it's real in our lives. Uh, you know, like it says here, he cannot sin because he's born of God, and I think of it that way. He cannot just go on and on and on in sin. The Spirit of God will not uh, rest in that kind of a situation unless we have, uh, you know, unless we are only deceiving ourselves and, and we don't have the Spirit of God and we don't have the reality with God. <clears throat> All right, so 
how am I responding to sin in my life? Am I dealing with it? Uh, is it uh, something that is uh, the exception rather than the norm? Is it something where I, uh, when it does occur, I am quick to repent, seek forgiveness of the Lord, and find freedom and uh, continue on? All right, our third point, and we find that here in John chapter 2, continuing on in verse 4. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. <clears throat> Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but that but an old commandment which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. It's sometimes hard to know where to stop and start and uh some of these uh things um let's let's look at a few more scriptures before we make comment john chapter three nineteen three verse nineteen and hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him for if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knoweth all things beloved if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we shall receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him, and hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. <clears throat> And so the focus here is on, uh, am I uh, uh, keeping the commandments of our Lord? First uh, John 5, 3 says this, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. <laughs> Praise God. His commandments are not grievous. Over in verse 23, where we had just read there in 3.23, And this is His commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Uh, those are, uh, those two, remember how it says that, uh, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two hang all the law and the prophets. Basically meaning that everything else that was written was written in light of those two. And here we have them in the New Testament. Love the Lord and love your fellow man. And, of course, you know, sometimes we need more definition, and uh, Scripture does give that. But uh, so, uh, are we? Uh, are we? Uh, am I? Am I keeping the commandments of the Lord? Do I walk in His commandments? Do I love His teachings, His commandments? Let's just think about a few. You know, Jesus taught us to go the second mile. Do I look for that opportunity? Do I enjoy uh, obeying that instruction? Going the second mile. Uh, turning the other cheek. Forgiving others their offenses. Giving to the less fortunate. <clears throat> uh, confessing my faults. Humbling myself in the sight of the Lord. Uh, just thinking about commandments. Purity. This is the will of God in even your sanctification. Referred to that earlier. Um, Thinking of sisters, adorning yourselves in a meek and quiet spirit, as First Peter 3 says, and First Timothy 2.9, adorning yourselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety. You know, just kind of a, a handful of, of things, practical things, uh, everyday life issues that the scriptures give us, you know. Do we, do we embrace those things as instruction from our Lord and to love them and to walk in them? Or, uh, are we of such a nature and caliber that we don't want to be told what to do? We don't want instruction. We don't want, uh, uh, we kind of want to decide ourselves. 
You know, the, the scripture gives us uh, many day-to-day instructions and he tells us in various places that if we love him, uh, if we claim to love him, he, uh, he, uh, not getting it, in John, in the Gospel of John, and this is First John, so the, the uh, idea is the same, or it's the same writer, so we get a lot of the same ideas. <clears throat> in John 15, if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Um, Jesus said these words just uh, before that. He says, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Ye continue ye in my love. Uh, if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept the Father's commandments and abide in his love. And so one of the tests of, uh, of reality, of the connection, is if we keep the commandments of our Lord. And uh, there are many. <clears throat> there are many in the sense that, uh, there are few in the sense that they all hang on to loving the Lord our God and loving our fellow man. And then there, I say there are many in the sense that the scripture gives us many uh, things to consider and to walk in. Um, just like uh, that simple one there in First uh, Thessalonians 4. This is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye abstain from fornication. Simple instruction. And you can, you can take a lot out of that from our present evil world. And it's... it's uh, um, the spirit of this age in uh, and we can as a christian we can get a, a, a huge amount of instruction out of just one verse like that and the question is do we embrace those commandments do we walk in them do we love them <clears throat> if we profess that we have that connection but we totally disregard our lord's teachings our lord's commandments we have a problem we have a problem. There's something wrong with our connection. There was something wrong with our fellowship. As he says there in verse uh, 4 of chapter 2, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. <clears throat> so that is a, a test of... Uh, that, is, that, that gives definition to the connection. That we have with our Lord. It defines the connection. The fourth one we'd like to look at. Is uh, John. Found in John 2 verse 15. Where uh, John writing says. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world. The love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. And the pride of life. Is not of the father. But is of the world. The world passes away, the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. These are familiar scriptures to us. Uh, and I guess as I was studying this one, I realized that uh, maybe I thought about it more in this one than I did in some of the others, but this could, this one could almost use a message all of its own. <laughs> Just to give definition to what this really means uh, and how it relates to us in real life, but uh, we have we have the world, we have the uh, the things of the world, um, and when we think about the world, what is the world? Well, the world is, I guess we'd say in a simple definition, it's the masses of humanity, and. Uh, uh, in the masses of humanity and what is their love and their life, uh, not having any interest in God. Uh, and he says here that the things that drive, the things that are the motivation of the masses of humanity are the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh is often described as passions, things that we desire in our flesh. Some uh, uh, not wrong things, but used wrong, driven by them. <clears throat> Appetites that we have in our in our bodies and so forth. 
And we have the lust of the eyes, which is often defined as possessions, all the things we can see around us and the uh, attraction. You know, uh, our uh, world is governed by those things, driven by those things. And then we have the pride of life, which is often defined as position, being someone important, um, being looked up to, all those kind of things, those things that motivate the people of our world. <clears throat> and then the question can be asked, are these the things that motivate me? Are these the things that are driving me? The lust of the flesh, passions, possessions, and positions. Are these the things that, uh, are these the factors that control my decision making? As I make decisions day to day, is it the, my passions? Is it the love of possessions? Is it, the, is it the, uh, the desire for position and to be someone great? Or is it Christ? Christ and his kingdom. And, uh, and recognizing uh, that first and foremost in our lives and in our experience and Allowing that to be our driving motivation and then making decisions regarding these other things that are around us and we can't get away from them. You know, we are, we're going to buy a house and to live in probably just like the unbeliever who, 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 uh, who's worships his house, you know, who wants the, the, uh, million dollar estate, you know. We're gonna buy a house too, but we buy our house based on our, uh, kingdom perspective as opposed to our world perspective and wanting the finest and the grandest and the grandest and to impress our friends and neighbors. Uh, and the same could be said with many other things. Uh, <clears throat> what is it that, how will we, how do we uh, relate to the world around us? Again, he's so firm and so frank in his uh, in his. Uh, Exposition here in John 2.15, he says, If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. John doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, use flowery words, does he? He just kind of says it the way it is. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. <clears throat> and in a prosperous uh, society, that is probably one that... Uh, that uh, comes closer home than we would like to think at times because um, it's very, very easy to begin to be driven by the same things that drive our world, to, to, to run our businesses by the same motivations and actually even be coached by worldly coaches who have, who, who, whose perspective is a worldview, uh, worldly uh, worldview as opposed to a a godly worldview, and uh, those perspectives are very different. <clears throat> so may God help us in that, to be able to understand the difference between uh, the world and its drives and its motivations and its uh, pursuits, and to, as believers, as Christians, as those who profess to be connected to our Lord, to, uh, to have a different, uh, a different outlook, a different motivation, a different uh, uh, passion in us than uh, that which is in our world around us. <clears throat> All right, moving on, our next point. As we define, give definition to the connection is, do I love the brethren? And of course, that uh, word brethren is used kind of in a broad way, uh, simply meaning our fellow man and those who we uh, relate to. Our first scripture is 1 John 2 verse 9 to verse 11. He that... Uh, he that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. And again, just a very simple verse and yet very pointed. 
He that saith he is in the light, but he hates his brother, is in darkness. So, we can't argue with that. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because the darkness darkness hath blinded his eyes. And then in John chapter 3, verse 10, verse 10 to verse 12, In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil, whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. And then verse 14 and 15, We know that we have passed from death unto life, because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. And then we'll go to verse chapter 4, verse 7. There's a lot of scripture on this subject. Uh, chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. All right, so if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Um, Again, uh, maybe we would say, okay, what is love? How do I know that I love my brother, my fellow man, my fellow pilgrims? Uh, You know, is it love when I have a good feeling about and toward my fellow man? Is that love? Um, it helps. It helps. <laughs> yeah, thank you, brother. It helps. Yeah, it sure does help. What about those times when the feelings aren't quite there? <laughs> I've, uh, I've kind of I wrote down a little definition here of love as I in in light of uh, in 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 the perspective of loving our fellow man and I wrote written this down that love is desiring uh having a heart that desires good will toward our toward our fellow man or toward all and actions that reflect it so having a heart that des- is, it desires goodwill, desires well toward our fellow man and our actions then reflecting that desire in our hearts. And that doesn't mean, like we said, that the feelings are always there uh, instantly or uh, that we wouldn't wrestle with some feelings uh, in, in life situations that come our way, but that we recognize where our heart needs to be and that by the grace of God, we bring our hearts there in, in, uh, in, uh, uh, in trusting in God, in, in making our uh, need known to God, confessing before God the need of our heart. If we find ourselves in a, in a, in a situation where we're finding it hard to love and, uh, and our heart doesn't want to extend goodwill toward that individual, but rather there would be something of revenge in our hearts, something of wanting to get even, but that we would recognize that that is not of God and that we would uh, face that, face that need, bring it to God and allow God to work in our hearts till there is a desire uh, in our hearts of goodwill toward that individual or person and, uh, and that that could be reflected in our actions. <clears throat>
And as the scripture says, if we, uh, we, cannot, uh, we cannot claim a connection with our Lord if our, in our hearts we are carrying uh, unforgiveness, bitterness, hatred, anger, um, Ill, Ill, Ill will and ill feelings. Um, if that's a, a, a continued reality in our experience, we, we've got a problem. We need to look at it. We need to face it. There's a problem with our connection. If our heart is at a place where it can just sit there and rest in that, in that kind of an experience. But to rather face it and overcome it by the grace and power of God. <clears throat> And so the question is, do I love the brethren, as it says here in the scriptures? Is, there, is my heart in general a uh, desiring goodwill toward my fellow travelers in life? And that's all of them. Not 90% of them, but all of them. Uh, all right. <clears throat> so do I love the brethren? Okay, one more that we're going to look at this morning. Point number six. And that we find in John 5. First John 5. And there would be more, I believe, could be gotten out of this book. But uh, we've looked at about six different points here when we're done. <clears throat> Do I have that connection um, is that connection real? Is it a is it a um, is it a reality in my experience? In John chapter five verse ten, through verse thirteen, he that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not hath made God a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of His Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son hath not life. <clears throat> now we've kind of gone, uh, we've kind of gone full circle a bit here. We've, we've, uh, talked about the connection, and we kind of come back, and we talked about a number of things that to define the connection. Uh, and then we come back around to the sun again <laughs> and the uh, the reality of believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. He that believes in the Son can have that connection again. He that does not believe in the Son, there is no connection for him. Uh, and life is that uh, fellowship, that connection with God. <clears throat> When the connection is there, we have life and we have fellowship. And if we have, if we have that connection, then these five points that we looked at previously will be a reality in our experience. Walking in the light, we will walk in the light, we will pursue the light, we will respond to sin in our lives. Uh, by repentance and, and seeking the Lord and amending our ways, uh, we will walk in His commandments. We will embrace His commandments. We will see them not as grievous, but as a blessing. And uh, we will not walk in the love of this world and the things of this world. Uh, and we will love the brethren if we have that connection. You know, each of these points could be developed further. And I thought about this. I thought about, uh, and I'll give you an assignment. Now, you all, I enjoyed the open mic time this morning. I want to bless you for that. But just in case you need more motivation, why don't you take, why don't you take the point that you would say out of these five points or even six, uh, do you believe on the Son of God was our sixth point. Uh, take those points and determine which one perhaps God spoke to you the most uh, regarding that point 
and then define that point further in your own studies and heart and then uh, share it with us sometime in open mic time, <laughs> just in case you need more motivation. So we've, uh, <clears throat> so we talked about that connection. And we know, uh, last week, we, or two weeks ago, we talked about that connection. And we know that there are many in our world today who, uh, profess that connection. They would profess to be born again. They would profess to be, uh, a Christian. Uh, and some would even, uh, uh, claim a profession, uh, without a walk. Uh, they would claim a profession without a walk with God. And these scriptures just put it all in order. You know, we're, like I said earlier, we're not left guessing. God didn't make it hard for us to find the answers. They're actually easy to be understood. The question is, do we like the answers that God has, to, that the, uh, the direction that he gives? Do we like it or don't we? Uh, do are we okay with the? Uh, uh, well, no, that's not the word. I, the question is, do we like it? Uh, for 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 uh, the person who who loves the Lord and wants to walk with God, these things come as a blessing because they just they give great assurance when you can look at your own experience, your own pursuit uh, of God, and your own walk with God, and realize that when your connection is put to the test of the scripture, it's real. It's real. And that's a blessing. That's a wonderful blessing, in fact. And if it's not, if it's not real, well then, you still have opportunity. Still have uh, a chance. So the, uh, uh, yeah, we talked about the connection two weeks ago and, uh, in my mind and heart, I, I quickly realized it would be a blessing to give further definition to that connection because there are many in our world who profess that very thing, and yet there's so little uh, fruit. So may God add his blessing to those words. Uh, perhaps if we are able, those of you who are able, we could kneel together and have a moment of prayer. <clears throat> Father, we quiet our hearts in your presence again. Thank you today. Thank you for your word and the beauty of it and the clarity of it. Thank you that it speaks into our everyday life experiences and situations. Thank you that uh, it is clear in its instruction and help us, Father, to understand it, to love it, to embrace it, and to walk in it. Father, I pray a blessing on each one here today. May, uh, may your spirit uh, give something of usefulness to each heart. May we all go forth from this place with a uh, continued uh, passion to walk with you, to love you, to obey you, to uh, nurture that fellowship, that relationship, that connection, to keep it vibrant, to keep it real, and to... Uh, not allow the enemy to sidetrack us, to distract us, to uh, take us down a wrong path. Father, thank you. Thank you for each one. May your uh, mercy and grace be multiplied to us. We just want to bless you and honor you. And also thank you for the freedom to gather this way. We know that in some parts of the world that wouldn't be possible in such an open way. Thank you. Pray for those in governments and uh, all the dilemmas and complications they face. Uh, may you be the one who rules and overrules. May you be the one who guides the affairs of this nation. And uh, Father, may you guide it in uh, the way that you please, in the way of uh, your perfect plan. So, Father, again, uh, thank you. Thank you today that there are many who gathered in many, many places and the word of God was preached in various ways and various uh, levels. But I pray that uh, even as Paul said, whether in pretense or in truth, that the word would uh, have effect on the, on the hearers. And we pray that uh, 
the hearts of those in this nation who have heard the word today that somehow your spirit would uh, bring truth to bear upon hearts and that people would uh, consider their ways before you and seek to walk in your ways, Father. So again, Father, just thank you. Thank you for this assembly. Thank you for your care for us. Continue to keep us, we pray, in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.